Purchase new wiper blades from O'Reilly Auto Parts today and we'll install them for free. See better and drive safer with O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Has the winter season taken a toll on your tile, upholstery, carpet? Call Cyclone Cleaners, 570-726-6200. For all your carpet, upholstery, and ceramic tile cleaning needs, it's Cyclone Cleaners. Also offering odor treatment and soil and stain guard. Choose the only cleaning company that supplies the water to clean your home and disposes of it when they are finished. Call Cyclone Cleaners to schedule your cleaning today, 570-726-6200. This episode is brought to you by Major Spoilers VIP members. VIP stands for very important people, and their small monthly contributions ensure that this podcast remains free for all of you. If you would like to become a bronze, silver, or gold VIP member, go to members.majorspoilers.com for more information. I sure do thank you for your support. Now, here's your show. The Major Spoilers podcast covers news, reviews, and, of course, spoilers, and goes into detail about the topics discussed. So if you haven't read, listened, or watched the items they're about to talk about, you might want to come back later. I'm Matthew. I'm Zach. I'm Rodrigo. And I'm Stephen, and you're listening to the Major Spoilers podcast, the podcast for pop culture and comic fans. In this issue, the return of Scully and Mulder, the smashing of atoms, the kicking of skulls, and the police work of the living bed. Blah. Ooh. There's a new number one in town, but how did she get there? And a legendary ladies' man makes his TV debut, plus a whole lot of discussion going on. Four men will enter. How many will leave? All I know is Rodrigo rule barter town. Steven looks really cool in his mohawk. And the major spoilers podcast is on the air. Hello, everyone. Welcome to issue 617 of the Major Spoilers podcast. Can't believe we've been doing this all this time. In fact, I I don't know, someone, um, I don't know how this got into a conversation about VIP membership today, but uh, this really nice person uh, on, on Twitter was basically like, oh, I, you know, how do we complain? How do we, um, you know, how do we do this? Um, I think oh, it was no, how no, do we complain is, no, no, about this, no, 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 no. This is the guy who's like, love this week's Munchkin Land. Have you ever guys? Have you guys ever played Dice Masters? And I was like, well, we actually do have a Dice Masters video episode coming up on Munchkin Land that we've got to schedule them so that we can uh-huh. shoot because we've got everything ready there. And he says, oh, is that available for anybody or for just VIPs? And I said, no, it'll be available on our YouTube channel and all those kinds of things. And he's like, I'm really considering being a VIP. And I was like, well, what's holding you back? And he goes, I don't know. I really want to support you guys. I just need something to put me over the top. And I, and I was thinking, I was like, well, that's fine. You know, if you don't, if you don't want to support us or you have reasons for not supporting us, but I kind of, you know, still doing our 14 days of uh, positivity. Yeah. I was just being real nice and I wasn't being mean or anything, but I said, I, I looked and we have done 465. We have released the major spoilers podcast network has released 465 episodes in 2014. Yowza. 14 or 15 2014 465 episodes this is 2015 oh yeah so we i mean if we're like if we're in march we've released 465 episodes i don't think we do that many you know part of some of those come from the wayne's comics podcast which i like a whole lot i mean Mm -hmm. that's a great interview show and then of course if you're looking for the history of heroes we've had um uh, Jason Inman and Ashley Victoria Robinson's um, uh, geek, history, geek lesson history lesson join in on the on the uh, network. So mm-hmm. that contributes, you know, a couple hundred there. But that's still almost a podcast a day that we put out. 
That's uh, well, if it's four hundred sixty-five, yeah. it's like a podcast. Well, but I'm I'm just saying uh, uh, says a group. Us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah as a but unit. if but I mean, you know, Ashley and Jason and and Wayne are all part of the Major Spoilers family. Oh, yeah. Um, but I'm just talking about stuff that I sit down behind a computer and Zach sits down behind a computer and produces on a on a weekly basis. That's a lot. That's a lot. I just was surprised that we're doing more than a that Major Spoilers podcast network is releasing more than an episode a day. So in the Major Spoilers family, Zach, of course, is the younger brother. Steven's the dad, and Rodrigo's the, the probably the mother figure, the, the most approachable. And I'm not like the weird uncle who always kind of wanted to be a sailor. So it's really kind of a cool nuclear fam- – post-nuclear. The, even the, the upshot of this, though, is the person was like, you know what? That is enough to tip me over the edge. And he signed up and became a silver uh, VIP member mm-hmm. today. I was nice. hoping Thanks, this, dude. That's awesome. I was hoping this story was going to end. Well, to put you over the top, today I will tell this story in the podcast, and you will hear it this week on the Major Spoilers Man, podcast. No, no, I just, I just uh, thinking back, back of all the shows that we do, mm-hmm. and this conversation today that prompted that, I was like, wow, we really produce a lot. And yeah. I know not everyone listens to all of the shows that we produce, but we do produce a lot, and if people sign up to the Major Spoilers Podcast Network Master Feed... Mm-hmm. Got to take a deep breath before you say that. Mm-hmm. I know, right? You're going to get all of the stuff that we produce in a week, and that includes uh, Zach on film, that includes uh, Critical Hit, that includes Dueling Reviews, and everything else that we top five, all of that stuff. So, uh, thank you for everybody for doing all that hard work. I just didn't realize we were that. I mean, if, prolific is well, and and run the numbers. You run the numbers on an average hour. Mm-hmm. Average an hour. Some are longer, some are shorter. Mm-hmm. Four hundred, almost five hundred hours worth of content. That's like 25 days. That is a lot. And we're producing this on a, on a super regular basis, which is why I'm so worried and concerned that Arkham Knight has been pushed back again. <laughs> because you were you were looking for something to fill those empty hours. <laughs> I, I guess. I don't. I mean, I thought I bought this game in 2013. You might have done a, yeah, an, early pre-order. Yeah, an early pre-order for it. And I was expecting it to be here in like 2014. Mm-hmm. And they're like, oh, no, no, it may be Christmas time. And then that came and went. And they're like, oh, no, now we're finally going to release this. When is it coming out? It's coming out at um, in June. June. June of 2015 is no, when it's coming out. That's not too far of a wait. No, but still, here's, it's almost two years, it here's seems Here's like. why you should be okay, okay with tell the pushback, me. though. Okay. 2014 was... Quite possibly one of the worst years for major video games mm. to be released. They were mm. plagued yes. with release bugs. Whole games had to get complete updated because mm-hmm. they would push these dates out too fast before they work out all the bugs. Yeah, and then just like, well, we'll release it, and then it's, everything's yeah, digital we'll now, it, so we'll just patch an patch entire it. new game. You'll have to download the whole game again, but you'll have it for two minutes and everyone's head will be backwards and none of the controllers will work but you'll have it and eventually it will patch it and maybe in three months it'll all be worked out and we'll all be happy and you'll be playing what, the game what game are you upset about was it no, the, i'm not upset it? there's just like have assassin's creed assassin's was assassin's everything creed was jacked up like, yeah i knew no assassin's creed but there was the uh, one was what was the one games. that uh you kind of wake up and you realize that you're this hunter and you're uh, the space marine cop guy oh octodad something like huh? that no <laughs> um I just, I guess I'm just really surprised that a company like Rocksteady would start taking pre-orders on something, and then still a year and a half later, we don't have the game. Yeah. That, uh, I mean, it could have been... I mean, I'm glad that they're trying to make this the best game that they can possibly release, since this is the last Arkham Knight, or the last Arkham game that we're going to get. Yeah, and you don't want... 
to release a game early and then get a whole whole lot of bad press. Even if your game's amazing after three weeks of patches, mm-hmm. like you're gonna have right. three weeks of horrible press for your game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they maybe got a little nervous about all the backlash that was happening and people there was a big push after the last game did the uh horrible release like don't pre-order any more games like mm-hmm. screw well, pre- don't give this don't give the studios any more money don't pre-order this right, crap right, they're gonna right. dump this horrible uh this uh this turd of a game on us and yeah, just yeah. Wait to make us wait three weeks yeah pick facts no i mean I, I guess i'm not super upset about this because i haven't played any of the other arkham games yet but you know since we migrated to the new uh systems mm-hmm. what a year ago over a year ago um, I figured I'd jump on board with this and get this and be able to play it on the PS4 and all those kinds of things. I guess I'm kind of looking at it right now as kind of like a Kickstarter that I backed. Sure. Maybe, maybe I'll yeah. get the, the end product. <laughs> maybe I won't. I'm hoping that GameStop is still around when this game finally arrives so that I can go down <laughs> and pick it up. it at the B. Dalton's. Well, yeah. see, wouldn't that Do be awful? You, you, go and pre- you go and pre-order it at a store like GameStop or Radio Shack or wherever that you're going to pre-order this game. And then the store goes out of business. <laughs> That'd be horrible. That would suck. Yeah. That would suck. Rodrigo, is this a big deal? Should we should we be concerned about this delay, 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 or is this just oh the cake is going to taste so much better when it gets here? Oh, definitely not. I I really don't like these Arkham games, but um, I don't think it's going to taste like anything. Uh, no, this is part of like th- this is part of a new paradigm that's being tried out. Um, one of the branches of it is that release the game when we say it is, but it is incomplete. Mm-hmm. Um, the other one is set a release date. Set a release date to get everybody excited. Don't in any way even try to meet it. Mm-hmm. Like after the first push, they were like, "Well, we really are probably going to end up releasing this in Christmas of 2015." It's like let's say May of 2014, and then when when it gets close, we'll be like June 2015, and then mm-hmm. we'll let them have it for Christmas, yeah, and yeah. they'll be so happy that they get it for Christmas. I, I guess I'm. I guess the thing that crossed my mind because I really put this game out of my mind. Uh, that's mm-hmm. often what happens, especially with Kickstarter, is I'll buy something uh, or support something on Kickstarter and then completely forget about it. Like the uh, what is the the miniatures, uh, Rodrigo? What was that group? Um, the Bones Collection or whatever it was. It's like two years ago I funded this thing and completely Bone forgot collectors. about it. And then it shows up on my doorstep. And I was like, hey, it's mm-hmm. like Christmas in in March or whatever it is. Uh, so I kind of feel that way about this, but it got me thinking, you know, there was another very popular video game franchise that kept pushing and pushing and pushing their release dates back. And that video game is Duke Nukem. Mm-hmm. Remember how oh. they've never released or maybe they did finally release Duke Nukem. I think 3D came out like 10 years after it was announced. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm hoping that's not the case here. I don't oh, know. Oh, I don't think so. I am I? Know. Am I? Am I looking at this right? Is that a picture of a fully armored Batman firing a, a heavy automatic that, weapon? That is the Arkham Knight. Okay. That is, so that's not Batman? No, not, not the, Bruce Wayne. Let's just say that. It's not Bruce Wayne. Yeah. Oh, don't do that. Well, the guy's trying to, you know, I, I, I don't know the entire story. I don't know the story at all. Okay. I don't know. I haven't But there's somebody this. who's claiming the, to be the Arkham Knight, and he's trying to pull on Batman's shtick. As long as I don't try and look at it as being, you know, something canonical to the Batman that I know, that video, that looks amazing. Yeah, yeah. The graphics <laughs> look incredible. The, the problem is everything that they're showing us are like gameplay trailers. I mean, I think yeah. in this one that's up on Major Spoilers, there's seven minutes of gameplay in there. Yeah. But, uh, you know, oftentimes you're watching the trailers and you're like, oh, my God, look at the explosions and the Batmobile and all this stuff. And then you get into the game and you're like, oh, wait, that was all cutscene stuff. Oh, yeah. This game, you get to drive. Yeah, Batmobile. you get to drive the Batmobile like everywhere. Yeah. The city's bigger and all that stuff. So, 
<laughs> I'm pretty excited about it, as you can tell, if and when it ever arrives. <laughs> hey, uh, Matthew, you should be interested yes. in this. Zardos is coming to the no, uh, no, to no. the CBS. <laughs> Vartox. What? Vartox. Zardos is a movie about Sean Connery where he wears bikini speedos and tall boots and and runs around. How's that any different from uh, Vartox? Vartox is a super villain in the DC universe who wears bikini panties and and knee high boots and he runs around and looks like Sean Connery. So it's an entirely different sort <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. of thing. So. Uh, <laughs> I'm this super is, psyched, actually, this about is the, talks. I this, never thought we'd see him come back. Well, I know this is the weirdest. This is the weirdest uh, character to appear in a TV series. I mean, we can deal with Captain Cold. We expect him to show up in the Flash. We mm-hmm. expect characters like, um, well, maybe not Rayshaw Gould to show up in Arrow, but he has. But then we've right. got like this E-list celebrity villain, Vartox. Mm-hmm. But here's the thing: if you look at, ooh, I did Rodrigo's catchphrase. If you look at both Flash and Green Arrow, they're using established super minor DC characters. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Felicity Smoke is an established DC character right. from the 80s. Right. They're using her in an entirely new way. I'm almost certain that what this is is we're going to slap that Vartok's name on a character who is something entirely different that they want to use for a specific role in this movie or in this, this ongoing television series yeah. like they did Cisco Ramon, like they did Caitlin Snow. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I, I'm kind of psyched about it. Vartox is awesome. Owain Yeoman, I think is how you pronounce his name, is uh, will be playing the character. I really hope that they do the whole Vartox costume. The, uh, nice? the last time that we saw Vartox, or the last time I remember seeing Vartox, was in the Power Girl series. Yep, immediately and, pre uh, Flashpoint. Yeah, and it was it was a fantastic appearance, and I think he popped in like three times during Amanda Connor and Jimmy Palmiotti's run. If I'm not mistaken, it was like, you know, there was like a storyline that featured him trying to kidnap Power Girl to come back and help repopulate the planet. Right. And then there was like he showed up two more times before that series ended, if I remember correctly. So a lot of people really loved the character when he showed up in Power Girl. I'm just hoping that and and in Power Girl, he was not, you know, a (laughs) villain villain, like rubbing Superman's face in the dirt like he did in the original appearances. Um, But he was more of a. Uh, megalomaniac kind of guy that was just trying to do something right, but the wrong way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, even in his early appearances, Vartox was someone who was manipulated. He was he was kind of established as his world Superman, who yeah. was manipulated into bad things. But yeah, he looks he, he looks like Sean Connery in a speedo. So yeah, well, and that was it, where they drew the inspiration from. Yeah, was from from, from, from that. Which, Which I, I think, think is very, yeah, very great. Rodrigo, any thoughts on Vartox? I'm not really familiar. That's okay. He's only appeared, what, maybe dozen, oh. two dozen times tops in all he, of the 75 years I of would Superman? Say 12. Well, he's only, he's only been around since 74. Um, he, he did five or six appearances in the 70s and 80s when you weren't born yet. And then he showed up a chunk of time in post-crisis and everybody mm-hmm. went, what? And then he did his Power Girl bit. I can't think of them much other than that. Yeah. But he did punch Superman right in the face. Yeah, he did. 
face yeah. punch. It, it's just it's I mean, if you look and see everybody who they've cast for the Supergirl series, it's getting really interesting, especially with some of the characters that they have popping up and the roles that they're inhabiting in the universe. For example, Cat Grant running a, um, a Catco kind of media, social media empire kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know what I mean. Jimmy Olsen is working for her. He's not working for Daily Planet. So I don't think we're going to see Daily Planet pop up anywhere in the series. It's well, uh, when I saw in the article, they said they were using the same set. They are using it. That's interesting. Yeah, the, the Catco company is the same uh, set of the Daily Planet exterior that they used in Lois and Clark, the new adventures of Superman. Oh, so it's not actually oh, the Daily Planet cool. set. Yeah. No, it's the exterior. It's the ex- uh, not using it as a Daily Planet no, 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 show. No, no. Oh, okay. I think it's Cat Co's company. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Cat Co company? The Cat Company. Uh, how many of you got your loot crates? Did you get your new loot crate yet, Zach? I yeah, am not signed up for Oh, you got yours, crate. Matthew? Yeah. Okay, we got ours apparently today or yesterday. It was sitting in the mail. I forgot to get the mail yesterday. We got ours like Friday? Oh, yeah. yeah. So ours was, ours probably, ours must have come on Monday because I didn't probably. get the mail yesterday. But it's sitting upstairs on the counter. And if you open it up, Matthew, what is in the loot crate this month? Ooh, there's a bunch of cool spy stuff, and there's a spy watch that took me an hour and a half to figure out how to set, and I have a degree in television engineering, and uh, also a copy of Orphan Black Number 1 with a special loot crate cover. Ooh. Yeah, so variants are kind of a big deal. And Loot Crate has, over the last couple of years, been including uh, comic books in, I think, well, maybe it's like four or five times a year they'll do Mm -hmm. comic books. Uh, they did in, a Batman comic. Yeah, in December long. they did they did Batman, and then in was it January they did uh, Star, Wars. Star Wars. Yeah, and, there was a princess. No, yeah, there was a, a Star Wars number one. Yeah, Star Wars with number princess one. Princess Leia on it. Yes, and now That's we get Orphan Black. Interestingly, in those months that we have comic books in the loot crate, that comic is the number one seller. Uh, How many? A lot of crates. subscribers. There are Not there are a lot of subscribers. So Orphan Black number one took the top spot in February through the direct comic uh, sales, uh, oh selling word. close to half a million. I think it's four hundred ninety seven thousand copies through the direct thousand. market. A lot of those going to loot crate people. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I just think that's interesting. In fact, Wayne kind of wrote a, a little a bit about that uh, opinion piece. He's going in a different direction, but I just think it's interesting that loot crate has that kind of pull in the comics industry. And I'm wondering, do you think that these kinds of things will draw people into the comic market? It, it, it's honestly going to depend on a couple of things. It's going to depend on the availability of the material. It's going to depend on the price because orphan black is a three 99 book. But if I go and I've got this orphan black number one that I have, and I go and I want to buy the next one and it's $5 and $5 and $5, I think there are going to be people put off by the three ninety nine price tag, but yeah, uh, sell through is always getting the things in the hands of the people who might come back and buy more comics is always the hardest part. I think it's an interesting choice because I mean, if they've done Batman before, that makes a smart choice because I mean, in fact, that whole month was pretty cool because you had the Harley Quinn socks or yeah, Harley Quinn socks. Yeah. You had the Batman yeah. comic, the Joker um, uh, pop vinyl figure, pop vinyl, yeah. Uh, was that the month that they had the Pixel sunglasses, or was that the month later? No, that was a month later with games. Oh, I love uh, the Pixel yeah, sunglasses. Yeah, those were really cool. And then uh, when they did Star Wars, I forget what was all in that one. That may have, I forget what was in that one. Uh, we haven't opened up this month yet, but I know the kids are going to love it. But I just mm-hmm. think that it's interesting. Star Wars makes a perfect choice to throw in there. But then Orphan Black. And uh, yeah. I was talking with um, Brian Ibbett over at Coverville uh, this week. And he said his wife is a huge Orphan Black fan. And so right away she snagged that comic. Mm. And 
you know, she's not somebody who's really into comics a lot. So for those kinds of people, I think this is a this is a smart choice. Oh, absolutely. If you look and you say, you know, Orphan Black has BBC's audience of what? Oh, yeah, million it's, it's got a, it's got a huge audience base. You, you got three, four million people. That right there is 10, 15 times the best selling comic in any given month. So, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, this this is something that if especially if people come back and if they buy more Orphan Black, which leads to more other comics, mm-hmm. it's it's definitely an entry point for people. I think we are going to hear stories of people who I started buying comics because I got Loot Crate when I was nine years yeah, old. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Darth Vader was number two in February. It sold about half of what Orphan Black did, so about 200,000 copies. And it still did amazing numbers comparatively. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, when you're talking about, I mean... Uh, Batman, which is the uh, benchmark that they use at Diamond, it came in number five with Star Wars number two, Spider-Gwen, Darth Vader, and Orphan Black all ahead of that. Amazing Spider-Man number 14, Darth Vader number two, and Amazing Spider-Man 15. Silk number one and Justice League number 36. Uh, yeah, 39, 39. Rounding out the top 10. Yeah, Rodrigo, is this, a, is this a uh, cool trend or is this something that um, that should could cause concern for people? It's an interesting trend. I think it tells us two things. Uh, Loot Crate has a lot of subscribers, mm-hmm. and the comic book market is tiny. Oh, yeah. I, and, mean, I mean, really, that's what it is. And maybe a distant third um, kind of uh, proper non-comic book properties move comics because it's not – I mean, the Loot Crate people had to have looked at that and said, oh, let's put this in the crate, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Um, if you look at the top, I don't know, five, ten, or whatever, there's a surprising number of you know non superheroy, non originally from comics properties. Right, right. On Darth there. Vader, Star Wars. Yeah. Right. Um, so there's something to that as well. But number one, number one thing that we get from this is. You know, a a company that says we're gonna give you a random assortment of crap once a month has like immediately got like and started what <laughs> two three five years ago yeah. already has more subscribers than every comic company combined. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Thor number five came in at number eleven, and a lot of people pointed yeah. out that um, Thor number five, featuring the female Thor, is mm-hmm. actually selling better than the Thor series in twenty twelve. Any thoughts on that, Rodrigo? I think it's interesting. I think a lot of I, I, one thing that they've done well with the new Thor is like uh, just kind of building up that mystery, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, are we still um, clueless as to who who she is? They they uh, are now in the process of eliminating suspects. I believe ah, okay. o- Odin yeah. is is, is running out? around with a notebook like like Columbo. Just oh. what, is one he, more thing. Is he, is one is he more putting thing, on his I'm is he putting on his uh, sunglasses and screaming? Yeah. Or his maybe it's a monocle. No, he's old man. He does Columbo. He's put on a, a dirty trench coat, and he's still wearing his big helmet with the horns. Yeah. So, do you think? Do you think that's he has a because big handlebar mustache and won't let anybody leave the train? <laughs> <laughs> do you think that is because it's that book is attracting more female readers? Do you think because it's female Thor that it's generally attracting more readers, or is there something else going on? Well, female. Think, oh, go ahead, man. Oh, uh, I mean, it's a. Uh... I think it's a combination of things. It is, it's that mystery. It's um, the fact that it's kind of an all new, all different kind of situation. Mm-hmm. So, and and they're playing it well. They're writing it well from what I can see. 
Um, I haven't been following every issue, but this is something that actually uh, I think uh, Marvel maybe hasn't gotten enough props for, or maybe they have gotten exactly enough props for, which is that they keep launching these interesting characters are like okay new miss marvel right mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and everybody goes crazy over it um or new hawkeye or spider gwen or new thor mm-hmm. and and everybody's like bah this is insane how are they doing this but in the end they're also <laughs> backed by good writing and, yeah. and that's actually what's going on here i think is that the writing in all of these titles is actually pretty solid Mm-hmm. So, yeah, the spectacle of it gets you somewhere, but then people are staying on, at least kind of like the zero sum of comic readers are staring on, are staying on because the writing's actually pretty decent. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Matthew, what were you going to say? It's a little bit of everything. I mean, the new person in the costume is an old school stunt. I mean, that dates back to the 60s. You will see the new person in the costume. That's where we get Jon Stewart from. That's where we get Guy Gardner from. But to have it last for five, six, ten issues, that's an example of they're using that stunt to hook you into something that then is compelling enough reading that you Mm -hmm. want to come back. So Mm -hmm. I think, yeah, there are probably some people who are reading it specifically to make a statement that this is female Thor and I'm supporting female Thor. Oh, yeah, sure, sure. Mm -hmm. What it really boils down to is you can only do that for so long. I mean – Two or three issues of I'm buying this because Are you sure? of X. Are you yeah, sure? I think so. Well, again, I'm not I'm not a person who goes out and buys comics because I'm trying to make a statement. I buy comics I like. One of the comics I like is the new Thor. Mm-hmm. I am buying new Thor because it's a good story and it's drawn really well and it's doing things with the characters of Asgard that I haven't seen a thousand times yeah, yeah, before. Yeah. yeah. So there's a I, I guess when I'm looking at this overall thing, there's a couple of things that really pop out to me in a month where Orphan Black sells nearly uh, half a million copies mm-hmm. um, compared to last month. Comic book sales are only up six and a half percent. Is Orphan Black that six and a half percent? I'm hmm. I don't know if, if that's the case. I'm kind of nervous about that because last month I don't think that there was a comic that sold that much. Because Star Wars came out in January, January. right? Well, and so this would have been February's number. So, so, yeah, it could have been. Yeah, okay, it could have been. So, uh, an up, it was up from January. From January, yes. And Star Wars did a million copies? Did a million copies. So, that's actually probably pretty good. So, you know, throw in Darth Vader, throw in two Darth Vader comics, you throw in Princess Leia, and uh, all of that. And I think you got a good sign. Now, the other thing in, and not to, you know, uh, detract anything from Thor number five, but. Um, overall, comic sales are up 20% from this time last year, and comic book sales overall have uh, continued to g- increase um, year to year. So there may be just, you know, more people reading comics overall that is contributing to more Thor number five being sold than um, than the 2012 version. Now, if that means that there's more female readers picking this up or more people who are reading mm-hmm. it for the fact that it is a new Thor and there's this whole mystery behind it, I think that's still really, really awesome. But yeah. as a general, let's look at this from 30,000 feet, overall comic book sales are up uh, quite a bit. And I right. think that's a good thing. Now, it's still it's still kind of sad when you've got a movie property that can make a billion dollars and yet Guardians mm-hmm. of the Galaxy in this list... Uh, Green Lantern, that's New Guardians. Guardians 3000 came in at 119. 
And it's the Guardians yeah. of the Galaxy Vortex special. Marvel right. Universe Guardians of the Galaxy. Marvel Universe Guardians of the Galaxy number one came in at 175. Guardians of the Galaxy number 34 came in at 16. 24. Uh, that would be uh, the Black yeah, Vortex yeah. stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, yeah. that vortex. vortex Alpha number one at 14 and then the number 24. Yeah, and then there was, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, uh, but I still think it's it's... Interesting that when you've got movie properties that are making mm-hmm. billions of dollars in the movie theaters and uh, network television shows, that we still have less than 100,000 people buying those comics. Well, maybe this will teach Marvel or, or comic book publishers in general that have cross-promotion like this to do something else. If Orphan Black counts, mm-hmm. even though it was put in a loot crate, maybe what Marvel should have done is bundle their uh, Guardians of the Galaxy number one as part of a deluxe edition for the Guardians of the Galaxy movie. They could And then basically snuck it in there and had the number one comic when that hit video. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's interesting that you mentioned that because Marvel and and, uh, Pop Vinyl are actually doing that with this Funko Pop Vinyl Marvel crate that they're coming Mm -hmm. out. The first one comes out next month in April. And what they're doing to tag you in, there's only six boxes that come in a year. But the first one you're getting is an exclusive uh, Hulkbuster pop vinyl giant size figure Ooh. in that crate. And that's a big deal, especially for pop vinyl collectors, uh, but also for um, the tie in for the upcoming Age of Ultron movie. Mm-hmm. So it's really, really smart to kind of do that, because obviously then when uh, Age of Ultron comes May 1st, all the sales data and the numbers for how popular this one particular figure is will also become available, helping to propel that. Interesting. Good point there, Rodrigo. Did uh, Darth Vader number one have a million different variants? I was just looking at the the drop in sales between Darth Vader number one and Darth Vader number two. It is a considerable also drop. Keep, also keep in mind with Darth Vader one and two and the Darth Vader series and Princess Leia, those are coming out every other week as opposed to monthly. So what you're and- seeing is Darth Vader number one came out at the beginning of the month. Darth Vader number two came out in the middle of the month, so it only had two weeks to uh. make its sales i see i see that the drop from issue one sales to issue two sales is eternal that happens literally on every single book because there are people who just want the number one mm-hmm. they buy the number one to have the number one and the the rule of thumb is always your number one numbers cut them in half for two cut that in half for three and if it survives past three that's when you start seeing your real numbers come in interesting I, you know, and again, I, you know, that's that's one store and that's one thing that we've bumped into. But it's something that tends to prove itself. No, true. I, yeah. Chris mm-hmm. Wilson has mentioned that a couple of times when he has, uh, has called into the Finally Friday show that we do live every Friday, um, calling in from the comic book store that he works at. Uh, I think it was last week. Yeah, this past Friday, Ashley called in. Uh, she was working at her comic book store and kind of mentioned that same that same kind of trend. So, yeah, it's it's kind of there. So um, still 40,000 comics being That's sold a comics. is a lot of comics mm-hmm. um you know we have at least that many people listening to our critical hit podcast every week <laughs> and i think that that's a big deal i mean that is that is popular that does show that there is a market out there for everything whether that be um female thor or spawn 250 which uh, made uh, it in the top 20 probably the first nice. time in about probably about first time in about 20 years that that's happened now, now, Spawn I know, was a, but it hit a two hundred only seven. Oh years yeah, ago. yeah, that's right. Um, 
So, yeah, I mean, that's a, that's a really good thing. And I'm glad that there's a lot of people out there who are supporting their favorite comic, regardless of what it is. Thing is, if you love it, you know, support it. And if you don't or ring on it, yeah, then don't. You know, that's that's fine. Everything's fine. I mean, the uh, comic may go away. Publishers probably won't, especially the big two, three, four, probably. I don't think Seven. we're going to. Well, yeah, I, at this point, I don't think, obviously, Marvel and DC aren't going anywhere. Image Comics is not going anywhere. IDW is very solid, especially with the branding that they're doing with Legendary and their games division and their entertainment division. Dark Horse isn't going anywhere. Um, Dynamite is still going strong, as is Boom. So, I mean, when you're looking at those eight companies, ten companies, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, yeah. Um, yeah, there's, that's strong comics. And especially, again, go back to the 90s, Matthew. How many publishers of that size existed oh not many because boom uh, studios is selling 20 30 thousand copies of some of their their titles like lumberjanes yeah you know all that's good and, and yeah there was probably less than three i mean well 20 years ago 90s you still had well you had image that was really big you had dark horse you have dc and you had marvel that was about it then you had good. tops then you had tops tops never mm. Malibu. And you had Malibu. Mm. And you had uh, um, I mean, uh, there Pied were a Piper lot of them and, out there. You had your Milestone. You had mm-hmm. your, you know. But I mean, if you're just looking at them. the if you're just looking at the top 10 publishers, I mean, even Avatar Press, Matthew, with your favorite uh, comic book of all time, cross number one. They are still taking in <laughs> almost one percent of the entire dollar share for the for the month. That is really good. I mean, Eagle Moss Publications, Eagle Moss Publications. I don't know who they are. They're uh, almost they're the ones who publish Eagle Moss. They uh, almost took in one percent. Uh, Boom Studios took in two percent of the overall dollar total. I mean, that's really good. I think the comic industry is healthy. I think it's going to continue to grow. And I'm excited that we're we're here to uh, talk about it each and every week. That's right. And uh, doing that thing we do. Yeah, let's segue right into a to a plug for our major spoilers VIPs because they're the ones that are ensuring that we're here week after week and month after month and year after year as we approach our what ninth anniversary. Holy well, moly! Coming up in July, ladies and gentlemen, our ninth anniversary. Now, July it's at the beginning of the month, July fourth weekend. That's when we celebrate our ninth anniversary. But we will all be at Nerdtacular twenty fifteen. Well, most of us will be at Nerdtacular twenty fifteen. To uh, to be there and meet fans and participate in a lot of the things that Frog Pants Network and Scott Johnson have going on. So we're excited to see you there this year. We won't be as big as we were last year. Zach has got things he's got to do. No, he took a job finally. Hey, but you get to go to Vegas next, what, two weeks, three weeks? Uh, Yeah, mid-April. Yeah. 13th to the 6th, 12th to the 16th. All right. That's going to be fun, Zach. Oh, man. I'm just excited. Listeners, we couldn't do it without the support of our fine VIPs. And you can help us continue to do this for another nine years. By heading over to members.majorspoilers.com and signing up today for a two, a five, or ten dollar a month subscription, four hundred and sixty-five podcasts released in two thousand fourteen, and we could oh, use your help really. to make sure that we continue to make that many podcasts or more in two thousand fifteen. Members, be neat? it would be members.majorspoilers.com. You know, I did quit my job uh, in May. My my last day was in May tenth or eleventh, something like that, last year. Uh, We're approaching that anniversary, and I can tell you that since me leaving and being able to focus on Majorspoilers.com full-time, output is up overall 20%. 
Woo! Crunch them numbers. I did nice. crunch those numbers because I wanted to say, hey, look, I'm not, I'm not doing nothing. You know, we're actually producing more content. Posts are up. Viewership is up. Content is up. I mean, original content that we're producing is way up. If we just look at the original content, I bet we're up about 120% from where we were this time last year. Yeah, yeah. I, I would agree, actually, yeah. And uh, I just think that we could even increase that more if we were able to bring on you guys full time to do guys. that. Use guys and gals. Use, use guys. All the, the all of my favorite people from from Becky and Danielle and Wayne and Ashley uh, to uh, to everyone else. They're all great, and I love We're having all them everyone here. else, gentlemen. <laughs> yes. Well, I always nah, talk about fine. you guys. I always talk yeah. about you guys. That's true. We Let's should. talk about some of the others and some of their great stuff. If you're into anime, yeah. if you're into anime reviews, you want to head over to MajorSpoilers.com because Becky has been doing... How often does Sailor Moon come out? Is that every week? Is that what that is, uh, Rodrigo? I, I, I think it's every other week. Oh, okay. So she's been doing some I, great reviews of that. She's got some gameplay reviews up on the site as well. She does a fantastic job. Uh, Otter Disaster has been popping in every other week when he can to uh, fill in with some Top 5 Express episodes. Mm-hmm. I just love everybody that works at Majorspoilers.com and, and contributes to Majorspoilers.com in some way. It just makes me happy. <laughs> and I'd like, to get, I'd like to get more of you on board, and I think we can do it with our Major Spoilers VIPs. Matthew, do you know some of our goals that we have? Let's see. Uh, if we get 1,500 subscribers, yes. uh-huh. you and I yeah. are going to reenact the driving sequence from the movie Pulp Fiction. I get to play Jules yeah. because yeah, 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 I got the hair. But more importantly, you've got I hair used to have. I used to have. Yeah, I have. I have some <laughs> hair. We'll just stick a mop on your head. It'll look just like Travolta. Uh, what else is, is it at? Three thousand. Yeah. Is, is it three thousand? Yep. We have the new audio drama that we're no three thousand is the new game based podcast, the new game based podcast, which will probably be uh, Modern City. Ooh-hoo. And then at six thousand at six thousand. Yeah. Yes. Is the 6, audio drama podcast. Audio yeah. Fifteen thousand. Stephen will come to your house and say, are you Magnolia Fan 29 and literally <laughs> kick the snot out of you? No, I wouldn't do that. I'd probably give you a no. big hug and say, hey, thank you. Uh, thank you so much for being a Major Spoilers VIP. Don't forget when we also hit 1,500 VIPs in addition to the Major Spoilers Pulp Fiction, that's mm-hmm. also when VIP members get access to the Critical Hit podcast a month in advance. In addition, uh, while the Flash TV show is going on, Matthew and I are doing a bonus podcast that only VIP members get access to. So if you want to hear us discuss the latest uh, episode of The Flash and some of the things you may have missed, all the Easter egg stuff, we discuss that in detail. Think of it as the audio version of the article that pops up on the website. At what level are we going to have Zach and Rodrigo reenact the opening sequence, the Neutsch, Neutsch, Neutsch from Clerks? Uh, leaning on the front of the quick shop. Only if Rodrigo gets to be a J and Zach gets to be Silent Bob. <laughs> because I just want Rodrigo to go and look at Zach and say, hey, yo, what's going on, Lunchbox? <laughs> Think about the, it's going to be like, you figure it's a 10-minute sequence. Even if she shaves beforehand, he'll have a full beard yeah, by yeah. the time we're done. What do you think, Rodrigo? How many VIPs do we need to make that happen? <laughs> um, Neutsch, and- Neutsch, Neutsch. Enough, enough, so that I can go rent clerks again. I don't think I ever. Really <laughs> All right, so let's let's double that up to uh, when we hit fifteen hundred, and uh, the the fifteen hundred for the Pulp Fiction thing is by the end of June. We have to yeah. hit it by the end of June, so that our birthday we can announce that we have fifteen hundred VIPs, Dun-da-da. and that we are doing just as good as a lot of those people over on Patreon. Uh, so yeah, that would be great, mm-hmm. and we will launch the Major Spoilers Pulp Fiction and Clerks one point five. 
Yeah. I would one point two. I would rather Rodrigo and I maybe do like dirty dancing. Or like the ending. You think of you can lift Bo- Rodrigo or, above or your head? the ending of Bonnie and Clyde? Maybe nobody puts Rodrigo in a corner. <laughs> yeah. All right, listeners, it's, <laughs> it's in your hands. Or maybe the dancing scene from Pulp Fiction. How there about you go. The, the karaoke scene from Top Gun? Or the volleyball scene from Top Gun? Do not do the volleyball scene from Top Gun. I have some Zach sweet wants to get oiled shorts, up, guys. Zach wants to I get oiled not, up. I do not ever want to see that. I'm getting a watch. I can oh, check you know, it. You know what we should do? <laughs> we should uh, use uh, camera angles to do like a scene from the Iron Giant where like Zach. Looks oh, yeah. There you go. Puts on, yeah, we can do that. Do some, we can do some force perspective stuff. Or even if that, we can do some green screen stuff. So. Yeah. yeah. And then Rodrigo only has to say, me, Superman. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Superman. You guys going to go see uh, Furious 7? Why not? I never liked those movies. It's I've heard they've changed movie. a lot. I've heard they've gone into some crazy heist yeah, yeah, yeah. territory. Still just not interested. All right. Members.majorspoilers.com. Let's bring it around back to that. Let's bring get some more down. of these people hired full time. Bring it on down to Omniville. <laughs> and speaking of reviews, we've got yes. those at Major Spoilers, and we've got them in this very podcast. Bring it on down to Reviewville. I am surprised that nobody jumped on this. iZombie, the new TV series on, uh, what is it, the CW. iZombie. I had, I had to have an Apple device to watch it. No, 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 no. It's this is, this is the uh, This is the TV series based on the Chris Roberson, and I forget the other person's um, Vertigo Mike series. Alred. Mike Allred's uh, um, Vertigo series. I don't know the whole thing behind it because uh, it doesn't look like, I mean, uh, in the credits it just shows that the two of them are created by, but it doesn't show them as any kind of involvement or executive producers or anything like that. Mm. So I don't know the whole story behind that, and I haven't had a chance to talk to Chris in a while. But I did finally get the chance to sit down and watch the pilot last night on Hulu. So if you don't have the CW, if you don't have cable, if you're a cord cutter, then you can get it on Hulu Plus or just Hulu. I don't know. They still put commercials in when you're a Hulu Plus member. Yeah, yeah, I don't. I don't I'm get that. I'm fine with this. I'm Everyone not. seems to be upset about it. I'm, I'm not. Fine. I'm angry. I I pay. I mean, there's a reason you pay why I don't. Eight dollars a month. There's a reason why I don't like my cable because I don't like watching commercials. I like seeing stuff uninterrupted because when I watch seconds. when I watch Better Call Saul, <laughs> it is so much better without interruption. I, you know, this, what? I'm sure it is. This is a perfect illustration of the difference between Generation X and Millennials. I guess. <laughs> I guess. It makes me so upset when people are like, I'm paying for Hulu. <laughs> I shouldn't have to watch commercials. I'm like, hey, person screaming on the internet that came out yesterday. You're watching it now. <laughs> on internet, on yeah. Netflix, they don't have commercials. <laughs> yeah, that also came out nine months ago. <laughs> makes me so upset when people complain about that. You're right. It's not a bad wow. thing. I watched I watched that uh, Manhattan show it's, from WGN on uh, over the last couple of weeks. It's like 13 oh, yeah. episodes, and I saw the commercials on that. It wasn't bad. So these aren't. This isn't really too bad. And really, Mike kind of thought on this. This was just like the pilot episode, and my thought on iZombie kind of reflects the same kind of thought that I had with Gotham. The pilot for Gotham wasn't super fantastic, but you could see a lot of potential in there. That's kind of what I thought about iZombie. It feels – and uh, one, of, uh, somebody, one of our listeners called into Finally Friday last week and was talking about how iZombie was very much like Veronica Mars. And it is very much like that as far as it's got uh, voiceover narration of the girl talking about her life and um, solving the mysteries and working with the police and all these kinds of things. Now, she's not a high school reporter, mm-hmm. Zach. When um, did Veronica Mars come out? Like 15 years ago. 
Was that long ago? It was a long time uh, ago. Look 2001, up for, 2002, maybe? Yeah, let me look up for Ron Mars. Uh, the girl that plays um, Liv, uh, Rose McIver, she is oh. really good. I like her a lot. I didn't think when when she first popped up on the screen and was doing some stuff, I was like, uh, she needs a little work. But by the end of the show, I was into what was going on. Uh, my problem is, though, I don't know enough about this world to know whether they're doing the genre right. And now, granted, Liv uh, goes to a boat party. She's a medical student. Uh, a zombie outbreak happens. She gets part I turned into a zombie or partially turned into a zombie. She can control herself and not go on a rampage if she'll eat brains at least once a month. So she goes to work for the medical examiner where she has access to all these bodies and she can eat their brains. And a side effect of this is she has flashes of their memories, which is kind of convenient if you're working for a medical examiner and people die by unusual circumstances and she can help solve the crime of how these people bit it so to speak mm -hmm. no pun intended <laughs> no that was intended that was intended <laughs> that was awesome what is what is the character's name uh live live yeah live more is the uh is the she's character a, in the show oh. she's a zombie named yeah, live yeah. more yeah yeah, yeah. Oh, that's awesome yeah. so <laughs> you know it's really um Again, I don't know this whole thing about this world, I, and I've not read the comic series, and I should. Maybe we'll do that in an upcoming uh, <laughs> podcast where we'll look at the Her first name trade. is a different bad pun in the comics. Yes, yes. Um, eat more. No. Um, no, her name is Gwen Dillon. Okay. Get it? <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> so um, there is not this, you know, it's not like this big outbreak where suddenly somebody gets bitten and they come back and then they're biting more and that this whole apocalyptic kind of thing. But there is this kind of notion that there are other zombies running around towards the end of the episode. You get this flash that she has of there's another zombie out there, mm -hmm. or at least at least one. There may be more. <laughs> and then if I'm not mistaken, Matthew, have you read the series? I've read enough of the series to have a feel for it. Isn't, big, isn't it at uh, some point like vampires show up? Do what? Don't vampires show up at some point? I want to say that vampires and werewolves both are in the Yeah, yeah, I think so too. Um, anyway, it was it was, was not a it was not a bad who done it. It was not a bad CW series. I thought some of the stuff was was uh, revealed a little bit too quickly, you know, uh she's working for the medical examiner. He walks out, she decides to open up this head and eat the brain. She's sitting there watching Night of the Living Dead in the dark eating this brain mixed in with her soba noodles and everything. And uh her boss flips on the light and is like, "So are you a zombie or what?" And then just comes right out and reveals everything. So in the next two and a half minutes, everything about zombies that's known in this world is revealed. And I was like, well, that's kind of convenient to get the audience up to speed. And then a new detective walks in with a case that he's trying to work on. And she conveniently starts to help him. And so they become kind of partners in crime. She claims that she's a psychic. He doesn't know that she's a zombie. <laughs> It's it's a good show. I'm giving it three and a half slices of meatloaf. I will check it out and continue to check it out on uh, on uh, Hulu Plus with the 30 second commercials for other Hulu at, uh, programming added in. Now, I will say I was watching. What was I watching? Because there is I mean, there's a benefit to this, right? Because I was watching something on Hulu and they popped in with this spot for Manhattan. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh, I didn't know the show existed. I will go check it out. And I really enjoyed that show. Yeah. So iZombie on the CW or on your uh, uh, on your uh, online network somewhere go check it out three and a half slices of meatloaf where does it stack up against the other comic cw oh shows? no i don't think it's I, I i haven't watched the season of arrow so i can't tell you about that compared to the first season just of like arrow the pilots so like the first well okay so gotham it's on par with what gotham was like 
it is not as good as Flash. Um, the pilot episode of Arrow, it's probably on par with the pilot episode of Arrow that okay. I've seen. So I don't know if that helps sell any of you to go watch the show. But if you like zombies, you like murder mysteries, you like um, uh, young spunky murder girls zombies. who have come back from the dead um, eating brains, then this is the show for you. Yeah. Matthew, what do you got this week? I got a comic book because yeah. I read comics and I know you do too. Yeah. Um, my comic actually comes out today uh-huh. from 2000 AD Publishing, which mm-hmm. I was not 100% familiar with. I know I'm familiar with the comic book 2000 AD. comes out of the United uh, Kingdom. Right. has a whole bunch of cool stuff in it, like your Judge Dreads. Yeah. But this is Akira number one. No, it's pronounced Akira. Is it? No, it's pronounced <laughs> Akira. But more importantly, this is pronounced Akila because uh-huh. it's the Latin word for eagle. Okay. Because our main character has an eagle burned into his chest. It's not like a tattoo or anything. It's literally burned there because he is a servant of an evil empress overlord mystical Frasima Frasima from the other dimension. This is really weird in a totally cool way. And the reason that I mentioned that it's from 2000 AD publishing is if you've ever read 2000 AD, which is an anthology book that has things like Judge Dredd and has historically had Rogue Trooper and all of those weird kind of, you know, European comic-y comic books. Certainly not a superhero book. This is the story of this undead fellow. When we first see him in the book, he and all of the rebel slaves who attempted to overthrow the emperor alongside Spartacus in the year 71 BC have all been crucified and killed and left by the side of the road. Hmm. And carved into his chest is this eagle. And that's the first thing we see of him. Somehow he ends up becoming the servant of the devourer. And throughout this story, this story takes place over the course of several centuries. We get a little bit of his backstory, little bits and pieces of him. And I'm not sure if this is collected from a different format or if it's just something that feels like it's collected from a different format. But it feels like there are a lot of little vignettes in here as we bounce through the years until we end up essentially in the Holy Roman Empire. At which point we discover that he's not just involved with uh, all of this historical frasimony. He's involved with people who are supposed to be actual historical uh, personages or at least legendary. So like he's teaming up with like Napoleon and – Boudicca actually. Okay. You remember Boudicca? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Boudicca? Okay. So, She's that Green Lantern, right? So, <laughs> Akira, Akira, <laughs> Tetsuo! Yeah, you got that stuck in my head. I was just giving a flashback to one of your question of the days this week. You can find it over at, at Majorspoilers.com. I accidentally recorded that on my DVR, and now I've watched it like 16 times in the last two months. You ever just put it on and it's there, but it's not the story of Akira who ends up going undercover in Rome. And there's some magic-y stuff going on, and there's some uh, weird, treacherous, stabby-in-the-back stuff. And the last thing we see in this issue is another guy showing up, and this guy is dressed like a Spartan. And this Spartan is likewise an immortal servant of somebody and totally just cuts him in half, stabs him in the gut, and then... We have our fade to black. And it's a really, really great cliffhanger because he cool. is, he's essentially immortal. 
but he's not unkillable, if that makes any sense. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's interesting that they've set this up for the, the big conflict. This is issue one of four, and I have to say I'm really impressed. I wasn't sure what to make of the book at first, but I like the little historical bits. I'm not like a – I'm not really a, a high fantasy swords and sorcery guy, and this isn't really that. Mm-hmm. This is sort of pseudo-historical fiction in the vein of Frank Miller's 300, which ah, yeah, is also yeah. pseudo-historical fiction. Yeah. But really well done, really well drawn. I love the art in this issue, and it's by uh, Lee Gallagher. I'm not so, sure if Lee Gallagher is male or female, but hey, good artist. So let me um, – this is a reprint from a 2008 series, you said? No, I wasn't sure if it was a reprint. Oh, okay. All right. But it feels like it may have appeared in weekly format somewhere mm. and has been put together here. Okay. Well, you know, isn't 2000 AD a weekly magazine in the UK? I believe so, yes. Yeah, so maybe that's what it is. It could be. I don't know what it is. I'll tell you. It's a good book. Three slices of meatloaf for Aquila number one. And I'm actually going to be looking out for two, three, and four. Oh, one of V. So uh, let's see. What's my Roman numerals? V is 17. Mm-hmm. So this is issue one of 17. Cool. And or, and or five. Excellent. All right. Uh, Rodrigo. You're mighty quiet tonight. Yes, I am. Why is that? <laughs> because I muted my microphone. Oh, okay. Because <laughs> my furnace is loud. Oh, you got a furnace on still? Uh, yeah, basically um, out here, sometimes it gets really cold because mm-hmm. I don't have... I live next to uh, a vacant lot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So sometimes the the wind just like blows right through and it hits my house. Mm-hmm. Cold north wind. And it yes, and it chills it to the bone because my house is very old and it's actually built out of bones. It is. It's been a crazy week for weather. Uh, we were up to like almost eighty on uh, Sunday. We had eighty afternoon Saturday, and then you it wake super and then warm. and then you wake up in the morning and it's like thirty three degrees, yeah, and it's miserable. the lawn guys decided to turn on the sprinklers and there's like <laughs> ice in your lawn. So, yeah, yeah. So, well, Rodrigo, what do you have for us this week? Uh, this week, I do not have a comic style book, but in fact, a video style game. Okay. Uh, this is Atomas Adamus. It's pronounced Akira. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> it's pronounced Akira. Yes. Um, I like it. I, I do like it uh, because it's like, uh, what is that? It's a Thomas. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you know anybody named Thomas, you can tell him that. Yeah. Although hey, it doesn't have an Thomas. Yeah. It doesn't have an H. So I guess it's maybe more a Thomas. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah. So this is a. Uh, okay. So this is an iOS game. And I think it might be available uh, on other devices as well. But it's a touchpad kind of deal. Yeah. Um, and um, so when I download a new iOS game to my iStyle pad, I look for a handful of things. Now, not every game is going to have this and not every game is going to meet this. And these are very specific um, things. But um, I want a game that is simple to play, but can be complex basically that has simple basic mechanics but whose complexity can build um i want a game that is not timed Mm -hmm. because that's stressful yeah um 
And I want a game that I can kind of learn and then that I can play while doing other things, which also kind of factors into the not timed thing. Um, also, you know, I'm a big sucker for like good design, good sound design and all that stuff. Um, and in my opinion, Adamas actually meets all of those requirements pretty well. Um, the central mechanic of the game is you take two atoms mm-hmm. of any element mm. and then you merge them together and get an, a single atom of the next element up in the periodic table. Uh, so, so wait, so you, do you combine two hydrogen atoms and then get a helium atom? That's right. But what happens if you hi- combine two hydrogen atoms and, and an oxygen atom together? Nope. You can only combine two of the same atoms together. Ah, okay. Interesting. Right. It sounds and, that just from that, but, I'm sold. Yeah. But but also, I mean, <laughs> uh, keep in mind that you only get the next atom up. So right, right. combining two helium atoms, you might say is like, well, two, uh, that's um, four Fourth, total. Yeah, yeah. But no, you actually would get a lithium atom. Oh. Hmm, Which okay. is whose atomic number is three, right? Yeah. So you always go up by one by combining them. So basically, somewhere in the process, you you lose some uh, protons and electrons. Um, it's yep, yeah, it's uh, it, it happens, man. So it's it's pretty interesting because you can get into chains, meaning you can mix uh, two helium atoms. And then if next up in the chain are two more helium atoms, they get thrown into the mix. Mm -hmm. And then if there's two more, those get thrown into the mix. Hmm. So the game rewards you for this kind of very symmetrical play where you're trying to place atoms on either side of a potential chain reaction. Interesting. Yeah, it is. And like the whole play of it is circular. You are placing atoms in the circle. So... Um, which means that sometimes while you're trying to do something, you're screwing yourself over in like the future of the circle, or you might accidentally create a situation that is beneficial in a way that you weren't planning yeah. because everything happens on the same circle. It's difficult to explain, but it's actually pretty simple to understand once you start playing. And once you understand the, the symmetry aspect of it, um, it's actually a lot easier. So game, how, how high do you go up? Do you go up to all like 200 million atoms that are out there, elements that are out there? It says... Um, <laughs> I think it's like 167. Yeah, it's like, what? yeah, something like that. Yeah, it's like... Um, or something. I think all of the like studied ones are like 118 or something yeah, like that. Yeah. That's Those got, are all the ones in the periodic table. Yep, and then you go into the theoretical ones. Right, Our right. science fans are yelling at us right now. Yep. Uh, <laughs> so... It says on the description that there are 24 atoms to make Mm, or 45 different atoms to create. Okay. uh, Which makes me think that maybe you only go up to, you know, 45. Um, But uh, right now, I don't know, because my highest is manganese at 25. Mm -hmm. So I haven't been able to make anything bigger than manganese. I think it's pronounced mayonnaise. Uh, yes. Uh, let, me, let me let me ask you this. See, way to get in on the joke, Zach. <laughs> let me ask you this: If I've got a seven-year-old that I want to force to learn science, is this going to help him learn his periodic chart? It will not necessarily help him learn the periodic chart, 
uh, it might if you sit by him as he does it. Because oh, yeah, because he's done that dragon, whatever that dragon math thing is where you learn algebra. And he's like a whiz at that in solving for X. So what this might do is he might recognize the atomic number and the atomic symbol. Mm-hmm. Um, but they go by pretty quick, right? Ah, okay. Uh, so he'll say he, he can associate HE with two mm-hmm. and I don't know, uh, MG with 12 or right. something like that. O for eight. Um, right. O-M-G, but, um, right. That's right. <laughs> yes. So, yes. Uh, magnesium oxide. OMG. So, um, yeah, so he, he will associate those symbols together. You're the one who might have to point out to him, well, Na is sodium and whatever, oh, okay. KL is aluminum right. and, and so on and so forth. Um, but this is definitely a game that he can play. It's very, very simple. Okay. And I'm, I'm, I'm guessing. Yes, oh, are you Zach? Actually, How you doing? It. <laughs> yeah, actually. And, and that's the thing is you can. Like I said, this is a very simple game. This is a game that I can play while watching TV, which I enjoy a lot because even though I'm uh, on the old side of millennials, there is a certain amount of like sensory noise that I need mm-hmm. to relax. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, sometimes watching TV just isn't enough. So I need to like watch TV and play a video game. That's not too obtrusive. Yeah. Um, well, maybe, I don't know, definitely like having something that I'm like crunching in my mouth. I don't know. Something oh yeah. Like, like some captain crunch or some, yeah, uh, something like that. Definitely. Yeah. Cereal is actually great for that. Um, so yeah, actually this game is really fantastic in that regard. How are um, the graphics? The graphics are very simple and thus good. Um, Hold it up, Zach. Let me see. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Each each um, element is associated with a color, and you know, mm-hmm. there's lots of different shades of blue and lots of different shades of green and red. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you start to learn the colors pretty quickly too, and it is very simple. It's just different colored circles in a circle, um, and gives you a lot to to do and to work with it looks really good the music of it is just like very straightforward and very soothing um as far as i can tell there are no big sound cues that you need to worry about so again i can turn this i can turn the sound off and do something else listen to music uh watch tv or whatever and uh and that helps me out so um i don't know you know uh, because uh, on the other hand of it it has lots of play value but there isn't much going on here. The complexity doesn't increase uh, because as you do increase, you are making you also receive higher level atoms to crunch. Ah, cool. So you're not always having to go okay, hydrogen, helium, lithium, blah blah blah, 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 blah until you get to your like your next biggest atom. Mm-hmm. As you increase in atomic level, you get more atoms of you know two or three points below your highest level atom Mm. so you can actually do that more quickly so the gameplay basically stays the same okay um so yeah it it's that that could be a good thing or a bad thing i don't know Uh, i'm gonna give it four slices of meatloaf Uh, i was very pleasantly surprised by this game and i actually recommend it to all of you you can it's something that you can play with your kids it's something that you can do while you're waiting for that next phone call at your job, it's like seriously, this is like super yeah, it's like super relaxing and fun. And it'll yeah, it'll remind you 
of stuff that you learn in um, chemistry class, uh, which, again, depending on the sort of uh, flashback situation you have, may be a good thing or a bad thing. I never took chemistry. They jumped me straight to physics. Well, there you go. This how this does not uh, supplant a an actual education in chemistry. You can't play this <laughs> game. And, uh, well, it would have been interesting though if you know, like, you had to start making some like table salt. You had to make water. You had to, you know, combine molecules into a chain. Maybe that's what they're gonna do next. Maybe I, I don't know. I mean, it's it's interesting. Um, again, when I when you read the description, the game is actually different from that. Yeah, it's yeah. like oh, your universe only has these atoms or whatever. And it, it, the game doesn't play that way. I was expecting something different from this, but this was perfectly fine. Okay, cool. Well, Zach's deep into it. Yeah. And uh, as just... soon as my iPad charges, I will download it as well. We, we I'm downloading it as we speak. <laughs> there you go. Okay, Zach, put it yes. down. Okay, okay, I'm stopping. And it is time for you to talk Four about uh, Skull Kickers. Yes. Skull Kickers is a book. Acura. <laughs> that I got into a long time ago. Yeah, you did. Don't you have some original art from... Uh... I do, from one of uh, the issues, like issue 18. Yeah. It's going around, around there. And I probably read until about issue 22 or something around there. I haven't read for probably a good part of a year Ugh. on Skull Kickers. But I saw it that it was coming out, a new issue this week. And it's something big and special for Skull Kickers, so I had to jump on it. Uh, now, uh, Jim Zub is the writer for Skull Kickers, and mm-hmm. he has poked fun at a lot of comic uh, gimmicks throughout the throughout the ages with Skull Kickers, and that does not stop with issue thirty-one. For its full title is Skull Kickers: Infinite Icons of the Endless Epic, Part One. Yeah, that is of a, good. Of a, of a, of a, I think two or three part. I can't remember what it is. Uh, series essentially, it is your giant brawl team up save the world uh, shtick that we'll probably see a lot in the coming months between DC and Marvel. Oh yeah. So the only downside of not reading for a year is that there are some characters in this book that uh, I'm not completely familiar with. They've added a few new faces. Interestingly enough, they all look exactly the same. Uh, I'm assuming they did some weird uh, gimmicky where they were clones or they all found doppelgangers of some sort. But a lot of the characters look doubled up with just minor little differences of facial hair and uh, grimaces is pretty much or the the weapon they're using. Uh, This is just a good issue. So, like I said, it's just a giant, let's stop this giant evil, which is a Thulu monster, which we've seen in earlier issues of Skull Kickers from stopping taking over the world. And uh, there is a a, a narrator in this book, and they pretty much just say, hey, so I bet you're wondering right now, is this just going to be one of those books where the entire plot is a giant fight? Answer, yes. (laughs) And that's what it is. You just get a lot of fighting. There's still a lot of great moments of of humor thrown into Skulkers like it does, mainly through their interesting use of uh, sound effects, where it's, if a, if a, a goblet is sliding across the bar, yeah. it's not like, Fush, it just says, slide. <laughs> or the Thulu pours a beer and it just says, perfect pour. 
Those are just this kind of sound effects yeah, yeah. that skulkers <laughs> use. Uh, a lot of good snuff uh, stuff. Like an elf sneaks up and just says, "Elvish sneaky sneak." Great. A lot of there's a lot of good humor that you would expect from skullkickers, even if you haven't read it for an entire year. Art is always just freaking phenomenal from Edward Huang. Uh, and actually, you know, Jim Zub has been one. If you follow him on Twitter and his site, he talks a lot about the business of mm-hmm. comics. Yeah, and he kind of goes into that at the end with the the back issue stuff. He actually shows a page of a script. And then takes you into uh, the artist's first initial sketch of the thing to show right. how he's going to lay it out with the bubbles. And then they actually show something I've never seen before is the f- the color flats. Oh, yeah, yeah. Which is really interesting because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. it looks so different than yeah. you, anything you've seen. It doesn't even, most of it doesn't even look recognizable. It's just these weird flat color. If you go onto DeviantArt, you can find a lot of people who have uh, showed their examples of comic book coloring. Yeah. And they'll go through the whole flat. And Yeah, it's yeah. really, if you've never seen flat color it is an interesting step in the process that i it's never knew was happening flat yeah yeah it's it's like apple designed something and it took it to the extreme um and they did a flat thing it's a it was a it's, bad joke it's a bad joke it's an it, flat. it was a thing uh but Akira. i really <laughs> i really uh, <laughs> enjoyed this issue it it's enough to make me remember, oh, yeah, I really do like this comic series, and I should totally go back and get caught up from whatever shenanigans have been happening in the world of Skull Kickers. You should. Uh, so I'm going to give this comic three and a half slices of the old meatloaf. Uh, enjoyed it. I'm interested to see what the next issue is, because I'm sure we will be more pokey-pokey at Marvel and DC. As he's yeah. always said, if you combine the covers, it makes a giant fold-out piece of art. <laughs> Does it? Yeah, apparently. Cool, cool, cool. cool. <laughs> All right, that is out this week from Image Comics. Uh, Rodrigo's Atomos game or yeah, Atomos uh, game is out now. Uh, Akira number one or Akila, Akila number one. Akila, I believe, Akila. I believe we decided it was Atomos. Atomos, okay, comes out right. on March twenty fifth, and iZombie is on TV networks, TV stations, CW <laughs> stations across the country. You know what else is coming back to TV? Tell the X Files. <gasps> It was uh, finally official. It's been uh, bounced around for the last uh, month or so, two months maybe, uh, that Fox has finally given the green light to do a six-episode run of The X-Files, and David Duchovny and Gillian Anderson are set to return as uh, Fox Mulder and Dana Scully. Uh, I don't know why I put in Danny Scully there. Stupid autocorrect. (laughs) Oh, Danny. (laughs) Oh, Danny. how this, Mully, I think I think the thing that's most interesting about this is how this came to pass, because Gillian Anderson was a guest on Chris Hardwick's Nerdist podcast and they were talking and Chris was just like, oh, I love that uh, show so much. And you were so great on it. And he's like, would you ever do it again? She's like, yeah, I would do it in a heartbeat. And I know David would, too. And and uh, uh, Hardwick started this. I forget what the hashtag was. Zach, do you remember? Was it X-Files 2015? Yeah, something like that. Something like that. And within a week, it was trending so hard that uh, the talk started over it. It trended so hard. Isn't that what we're (laughs) supposed to say? Um, (laughs) uh, The Fox started to take a look at it and they're bringing it back. And even uh, what's his name? Uh, Chris, um, who's the producer? Carter. Carter. The creator. Yeah, is uh, is bringing the whole thing together. So six episodes, which, uh, you know, for a show that hasn't been show that hasn't been on the air in 20 years almost. um, That's not too bad. It's only been off the air for like 13 years. Yeah, I think that's but wasn't pretty. Wasn't there like a movie? There were two movies. There was Fight yeah. the Future, 
1998, which was, which was, was all right, I suppose. Oh. And then uh, The X-Files, I want to believe, which I didn't see, came out in 2008. I want to be. It's funny the that. Uh, 1998's Fight the Future. I remember going to the theater and seeing in 98. And then it was 10 years later, The X Files, I Want to Believe came out. And I remember when I saw the trailer for that or something, I was like, really? It seems mighty soon to have another X Files movie. <laughs> <laughs> it was t- 10 years apart. Uh, I, the question this week in the Major Spoilers Poll of the Week is, are you looking forward to more X-Files episodes? Young Zach? No. I've never seen X-Files. I don't think I was encouraged to watch them as a young lad. Probably not. No. Although the liver fluke man is uh, yeah. is uh, pretty creepy. Yeah, I watched like Home in my 20s, and I'm still yeah, scarred. That, that one's pretty disturbing, too. Um, A lot of people love X-Files, so I'm yeah, really happy for them. Uh, But I really have... No interest. It'd have to be blow people's socks off amazing for me to be like, eh, okay, like, I'll check it out. Okay. Rodrigo? Uh, I'm kind of torn on it because I enjoyed what I have seen of the X-Files, but I jumped out a long time before the series ended, mm-hmm. and I never saw either of the movies. So there's a lot of mythology there that I'm just not going to have. Yeah. So if this new series picks up, after where the last movie left off, right? Was that the last thing to happen? No, because yeah. actually there is season 10 X-Files comic book from IDW Publishing, which is mm. one of those incontinuity things. Even worse. Yeah. So if if that picks up then, then this might as well be a completely different show. I'm not going to know anything that's going on. And it's going to be such a huge pain in the butt for me to research it. I guess I'm not actually not looking forward to it just because I'm probably not going to end up watching it just because it just like seems like it's such an amazing homework. amount of work. Did you have your hand up, Zach? No, oh, sir. Okay. I like, was we're not just, in class anymore. I don't. I just moving a microphone. Just moving, oh, okay. All right. <laughs> Matthew, what about you? Well, first of all, it's pronounced Akira. But <laughs> more importantly, here's the thing about it. It's a six-issue limited series. Right. Or limited TV run show. show. Yeah. So... When I watch a new TV show, I usually give it two or three episodes before I stop watching anyway. People are worrying about what's it going to be. And I think the whole point is if it's a six-issue contained series, they're going to have to introduce what it is. They're going to have to give us something that will carry it over those six episodes. And I think that because it is such a limited run, such a test balloon, whatever you want to call it, I am looking forward to it because – I stopped watching X-Files when they killed the lone gunman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's when that, I stopped watching, too. That was when I was out. I'm like, no, the, the guys that I like aren't in this anymore. I'm done. Bye-bye. Have a but nice day. But they're still alive. Ooh, ooh, Spoiler. Yeah, that's one of the things that I liked about season 10. But yeah, yeah. I don't think I've, – I've never been afraid to figure out what's going on with something. Remember, my first episode of Steven Universe was episode 46, like two weeks ago. But more importantly, I think that – it has potential to entertain me as long as they acknowledge the passage of time. It mm-hmm. has been 20 years for these characters. Mm-hmm. They clearly can't be the same people they were. I just want to, you know, check in one more time and see what they're up to. And hopefully they're still, you know, doing their coupley thing, which was so much fun. Yeah, I think in the uh, comic books, they're still married or together or yeah. whatever that it is. And they're the, not FBI the episode agents. Where, so. their, where their coupley thing started. Mm-hmm. I, episode well, one. Not the episode. Yeah. The the one episode where they were they were like nearly freezing to death and he's yeah, like yeah, yeah. 
when you're freezing to death, shouldn't you lie in a sleeping bag with another naked person? And she's like, <laughs> if sleeping bags fall from the sky, you might just get lucky. <laughs> That's what I want. I want six issues of that. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. because it's a limited run, yeah, I am excited about it. If it was a new series kicking off with a, an unexpected sort of, you know, a 22-episode order from the CW – I'd be a lot more leery. Well, I thought I saw something variety. Some rumor site was talking about um, <gasps> about a second season already, or a second Look, series for that. So I'd be I'd be okay if they're doing it. And you know, I, as much as I complain about um, having shows that don't run, you know, fifty two episodes, um, I'm okay with this being six episodes. I'm looking forward to it. I'm mm-hmm. one of the people that voted yes this week because it is one of those things. As Matthew said, I want to check back in with the characters. I want to yes. see what they're doing. I want to see if they can hook me and get me into believing that there's aliens visiting and kidnapping people in the right. middle of the night. Or I better not. Uh, I better turn on the lights when I go to the bathroom in the middle of the night because mm-hmm. I don't want my inside sucked out by something awful and evil lurking in the, in the, toilet. Uh, in the toilet. It's like the five doctors. You know Patrick Troughton has white hair, and mm-hmm. John Pertwee has put on like 60 pounds, and that's not really William Hartnell. But you still watch because you want to connect with those characters again after however many years. What is the rest of the major spoilers uh, universe? Do they believe in the X-Files, Matthew? Interestingly, I've been watching this one all day, and it has been split down the middle. Right now, 69 votes in the bag. Uh, that's pronounced Acura. 51% yes, 49% no. <laughs> It has literally yeah, been. It's flip uh, back, it's flip-flop back and forth. And it I seems like for every this, person that votes yes, there's someone who votes no. That, that's what 50-50 means. <laughs> well, no, because well it's 51 49. No margin of error <laughs> there. More, more importantly, oh. I think what it means is that a lot of our listeners, like Zach and Rodriguez, yeah, that's what I think are too. young enough that the show wasn't really a touchstone for them or this was, didn't come out until after they were born. You know, the nice thing about the X-Files is it was a reason to stay home on Friday nights. <laughs> like we really? need to read. Well, <laughs> well, I wanted an excuse. Exactly. Yeah, it no. It was the thing we told people. Was yeah, yeah. No X Files on tonight. Sorry, I'll see you guys after X Files is on. Okay. Uh, yeah. So I mean, that was that was one of the cool things about Friday night is the X Files. And I remember, like, was it like it wasn't until like the second or third season that it really became a phenom hit. Yeah. It it started slow and it built. Yeah. They really, at a time when Fox was looking for things to fill their time and mm-hmm. was willing to. You know, mm-hmm. to give it time to grow. Yeah. Wait, was X Files not as big of a hit as I'm assuming it was since it was on Friday, or was Fox really oh, was just huge. putting no, a it was huge, huge show on a Friday night? No, it was. It started on Friday and it stayed on Friday. I'm pretty sure. Mm, yeah. Yeah. Once it caught fire, Zach, X Files was a phenomenon. That's yeah. what I the thought. Came out. Everybody was like totally psyched for Fight the Future, which is why I'm still so bitter 20 years yeah, later. Yeah, bees. That it was not a good movie. Black oil. I mean, that's what I thought. The X Files was huge, but now on television, Time if I see distance. if I see a show gets put on Friday, Friday, I'm like, oh, well, well they're, Thursday. They're night. waiting waiting for it to die. It, it seems like as things go in, there are certain nights of the week during certain time periods that have been like the must see TV weeks. Like right. Thursday was that must see TV and. You know, we would go to the bar after uh, our newscasts, after our, our productions, and we yep. would go and watch Seinfeld and uh, Cheers. And um, I don't think uh, Frazier had spun off yet. 
Not quite uh, well, yet, but no, Friends, but Friends was there, and so we would I watch that. Was also almost home and stuff like that. Yeah, I mean that's what we'd. I mean Thursday nights were the thing to do, and then mm-hmm. Friday and, nights with the X Files, and and uh, what is it? Tuesday night is now the night to watch because you got Arrow and CW yeah. and the Major Spoilers podcast being recorded at the same time. <laughs> I Zombie, yeah. the Mindy uh, Project. Agents, Agents of Shield, all going back on. So in, Tuesday nights a big night. Mm-hmm. Back in the day, Zach, though, before there was streaming, the networks tried to make every slot work. Mm-hmm. And this was at a point where this was the tail end of when they still had things like Saturday morning cartoon television and when they still had that must-see TV block and it wasn't like an ironic echo. This was something they wanted Friday nights to work and Fox, especially at the time, was kind of an upstart corporation to begin with. They were like the newbie network. Fox having a hit at all, especially on Friday night, was a huge, huge deal. Hmm. And it made people stay home on Friday nights. X-Files became a thing. Mm-hmm. And people were like, I'm not going out until after X-Files is on. Steven's right. We were nerds. We didn't have dates. I uh, there dates. were more girls. If I but stayed she home, wanted to stay were... home and watch X-Files with me. So Exactly. <laughs> I stayed and watched X-Files with the hottest girl I know. And if she wasn't married to my roommate, it would have been a lot more romantic. Want to thank uh, Tweaked Audio for uh, this portion of the Major Spoilers podcast. Thank you, Tweaked Audio, for everything that you do for Major Spoilers. <laughs> and listeners, if you want to hear, that's pronounced Tweaked Akira. <laughs> if you want to hear great headphone, if you want to get hear great audio, you need to get yourself some Tweaked Audio earbuds, headphones, whatever they are. Four styles, six colors. Get the microphone. That's the one thing that I will say. Get, get the, the version that has the microphone built in. These things are designed for great music and talk, engineered for durability. And best of all, when you use the checkout code Major at TweakedAudio.com. You're going to get 30%, 33% off the price. That's M-A-J-O-R over at tweakedaudio.com. M-A-J-O-R. So I have a quick question here for you guys. Hamburger. Okay. Have you guys, uh, we've talked about Dreamland before, and I've, had, and I've shared hmm. my theory many, many, you know, it's almost like a millennial, a millennium ago uh, of podcasts, 610 podcasts ago. We talked about dream state and my theory that uh, when we dream, we're actually visiting a multiverse. We're actually visiting ourselves, inhabiting those bodies in other universes. Is that your theory? That's one of my theories, yeah. Um, I am a slut somewhere in the multiverse. That's all I'm going to say. Well, and, and, and that may be true. I mean, if there's an infinite number of universes, <laughs> there's you. an infinite number of possibilities that, that, can, that can happen. Mm-hmm. But I had the weirdest thing happen uh, this week. And I wanted to get your guys' feedback on it. Have you ever, and of course, I'm much older than Zach, so I've got at least 20 years of, of dreaming it on him. <laughs> Never thought of it like that, but well, continue. Yeah, that's 20 more years of infinite possibilities, You're way right? way better at dreaming than I am. I am way better at dreaming than you. I don't know. I don't dream that often because I don't usually I sleep long enough to remember the really interesting dreams. Um, but this week, I had an interesting dream where uh, I visited a place again for probably the third or fourth time in my life. And it was a, you know, a same kind of setting world, whatever you want to do. But the interesting thing was dreamland had aged as well. It wasn't like (laughs) this little slice of your memory that is locked away and you go and you think, Oh, uh, this town and you see this town for what it is always that way. This is a town that was like, Oh, there's all the familiar things that I remember, but look at how everything has aged and look at how, the world has grown older, bigger, you know, everything that happens to uh, a world as it ages. So, I mean, if you were thinking of, for most of us, Hayes, 
Hayes 20 years ago was a lot different than Hayes today. Mm. And it's kind of that weird thing. And I and I just remember that vividly, recognizing it in the dream, going, oh, I've been here before. Here are all the people that I've met before when I've here, and they have all aged, and they're not people that I know, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. So it's not like my mom is now 40 years older, because duh, she's 40 years older in real life. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was like people that I had met before in that world, but now were much older, in natural progression and the world had aged in, in a, in a natural progression as well. Have you guys ever had a dream like that? No, no, no. Specifically where specifically where your dream world, you have visited the same dream world multiple times mm-hmm. and that dream world has aged as if you are moving along a linear timeline. Not specifically, but uh, if you'll recall from the, the dream episode of top five. Yeah. One of my dreams that recurs is a dream that I like to call the house dream. And the house dream is always the house. And the house is the house. It's the same house. It's always the same house. And my brain knows it's the same house. And there are times when you turn right. You Okay, so you walk in the front door and there's so is like it, a foyer. But is it, you turn but is it right your and house? There's always a staircase. No, it's... Your grandma's house or something like that. It's not a. It's not no, a real it's, life. It's not a real life representation of an actual place, right? It's complicated. There are bits and pieces of things that I know are real, and you always walk through the foyer into this living room that is very much like the living room of a house that my mother lived in years and years ago. You turn right, and there's always stairs, sort of. But I know that it changes, and I I know that when I'm in the house, I know that it. it not going to be a good dream. I'm always anxious. I'm always, you know, filled with, you know, fear and rage. But the thing about it is that's one of those things that keeps popping up. So I don't know if it's something where I I consciously think about it aging or being different so much as I know that it changes because I'm in it. And the point of being in it is that it's going to change, if that makes sense. Mm. Yeah, I can see that. I mean, some lucid dreaming type stuff. Go down the down staircases. What about up the up staircases? Up's okay. What about up the down staircase? You don't want to be down. Mm. Never mm. go down the down staircases. It you, will not end well for you. Rodrigo, what do you think of all this? It's been a while since we had one of our random discussion things. <laughs> mm-hmm. What do you think yeah. of this, this whole dream thing? I think... Uh, or experience when I have, that I had. Yeah, when I have uh, dreams where I'm like, oh, I remember having this dream before. Mm-hmm. I don't remember when I had it every mm. time. So mm-hmm. I, I often wonder, did I actually have this dream before? Or is the same thing that manifests this weird, like highly symbolic potted plant in front of me? Is it also the same thing that just tells my brain? And and also you recognize this plant, mm-hmm. you know, like maybe I've never seen it before. But if my brain's already making stuff up, it might just say, also, you recognize it. Also, it fills you with dread. Also, you're hungry. Mm. Actually, I probably am hungry. That's probably why I'm having this weird dream. And you're watering the plant because you have to wake up and go to the bathroom. Ah! That happens too. I, like probably the most uh, frequent recurring dream I have is, uh, you know, that scene in uh, the uh, Keanu Reeves Constantine movie. Yeah. Where uh, there's that guy and he's trying to take a drink and like the water won't go into his mouth. Mm-hmm. I have a dream that's like that a lot. Because sometimes I just don't drink enough water throughout the day and I'm like super dehydrated by the time I go to bed and I'm not just not thinking about it. Yeah. And then I'm like dying in my dream. And I'm like, ah, so thirsty. Mm-hmm. 
It was but, very unsettling. But you guys have not specifically had dreams where you have visited, you know, no. like a, a neighborhood or a town, mm-hmm. and it's one that, you know, totally is not, you know, Rodrigo's street corner. I, I just, I just, so. maybe when I, I recognized have, it in the dream. I have, but then my brain is just like, you remember this before, and yeah. it was different back then. Like, yeah. how, do, how do I know? That's also not a weird dream line. Yeah, yeah. Oh, no, it probably it very much could be. I was just, when I woke up, I was like, wow. That was because I recognized in the dream when I woke up, I was like, wow, that is very incredible and very something that stuck with me for a couple of days uh, since our last recording, uh, mainly because I've been getting, you know, like around five hours of sleep a night instead of three hours of sleep a night. And so I'm able to dream a little bit more and remember a little bit more. And I don't know exactly how that works. Why when you have I mean, it's all an entire sleep cycle. You should have a dream and. Remember it regardless, but it seems like the longer I dream, the more vivid my dreams be, or the, sorry, the longer I sleep, the more vivid the dreams and the more of the dream I remember when I wake up. That makes sense. I don't think I've actually gone back or had a dream in a similar location as a previous dream before. Mm -hmm. In the Mm -hmm. same night, I'll have a dream and mm-hmm. wake up and then fall back asleep. And yeah. And be kinda, right, pick yeah. right back up. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You can like force yourself to some try of those, to continue. Some of those are the good ones. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But I don't think I've ever gone to sleep on a Monday, had a dream. I was in uh tutu land yeah. and then gone to sleep on Thursday. Is that what you call yours? Tutu land. Well, it's the first thing in my head. So I'm sure that's what will happen. Tonight. <laughs> Everybody's all wearing little ballerina uniform outfits. Yeah. yeah it'd be great actually. Uh, with tights. And I tights. also had a weird experience this week. Where it's, again, somebody who I have not met physically uh, before, but I know this person. And I had a dream where this person was so very, very angry at me for something. And I woke up going, man, I need to contact this person and just apologize just outright Uh for something. Have you guys ever done that? Where it's not like it's not like a cheating dream. It's not like one yeah. of those where you like woke up and just like, oh, you know, like uh, my wife wake up oh, and smack you. Oh, I had a dream where you were cheating on me. It's like, <laughs> well, I didn't do anything. It's not like that. But it's like you really feel like you have put off or turned off or offended someone in some way. And it's only oh, a dream. Yeah. And then you feel compelled to go and apologize to that, that person. That happened to me upon reflection a little bit just this weekend mm-hmm. or I had a dream uh, that you killed some somebody? Peop- uh, no, or some people that I <laughs> I'm know sorry who I've had you. some ill feelings towards recently both were murdered, and I woke up after I found out they were murdered in Dreamland thinking, one, I hope something horrible didn't happen right, to these right, people. Right. Uh, two... Uh, maybe I should talk to them more nicely. Yeah, yeah. No, I under. I mean, I understand that dreams are oftentimes our brain's way of of reconciling things that have happened throughout the day, yeah. or a subconscious reaction to you know messages of things we've done that need to be mm-hmm. reflected yeah. upon or conflicted. But it's just like just out of nowhere, I, this person was so mad at me. It was like, I don't know what I did, and I apologized <laughs> in the dream, and then I woke up and went on to the Twitter, and I was like, man. This is going to be a weird comment to you, but here's what happened, and I just want to say I'm sorry. <laughs> and that person was like, okay. Uh, Rodrigo, that ever happened to you? No, uh, but similar things happen to other people about me. Mm. 
um, where somebody is like, hey, man, I had this dream that you were really mad at me. So I don't know what I did. And I'm like, well, I don't either. Because Dream Rodrigo is like a little bit more testy than I am. Really? <laughs> so, yeah, if you run into that guy and he makes you feel bad about yourself, you know, just let it slide. It's only one degree from real Rodrigo. He's yeah, but it's a but it's a significant degree. Um, usually, when I make you feel bad about yourself, it's just because I want you to do better in life. Um, when Dream Rodrigo makes you feel bad about yourself, it's because he's probably having a bad day. Mm. He's stuck in your dream. He can't get out until you wake up. So <laughs> yeah, he's gonna kind of make you feel like crap for it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Matthew, what about you? Eh, my my thing is that most of my dreams are actively my brain trying to dispel stress. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I remember a lot of my dreams because I just upped my, my pressure. I don't know what this pressure measures, by the way. If anyone is listening and you are a sleep therapist, please let me know, Majorspoilers.com, what the measurement of the pressure going into my face when I'm sleeping is. I went from 13, which was okay. Isn't that how much it takes to inflate your lungs? Something like that, but I don't know what it's measuring. I don't know if it's pounds per square inch or milliflops per back snorkin. But um, I went from 13 to 15, and the first night I was at 15, I lay down and I looked up, and it was 10 and a half hours later, and I I, I ceased to exist for 10 hours. It was wonderful. But I've started dreaming a lot again lately. And what I usually get in my dreams are something overtly sexual, which I'm a Sagittarius, that happens, or a dream that is me yelling at somebody who I want to yell at. Mm. Like I had a dream where I was shouting at a woman that I haven't worked for in well over four years, just telling her what a terrible person she was, Mm. what a joke she was as a manager, and what a just a rotten, stupid human being she was. And I woke up and I felt better. So... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but you haven't felt bad about it, right? No, I never feel yeah. bad about it because it's 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 you know what George Carlin called your brain droppings. If you let's okay, let's put it this way. Let's say, for sake of argument, I had a very vivid dream uh, of of a romantic nature about my friend Joey. Now, Joey, she's she's a nice young girl about half my age. The problem is not my brain going, "Hey, let's have a dream about Joey." The problem would come if I went, "Hey, Joey." You know, this dream I had about you, that's a problem. Then I'd feel bad. But I don't feel bad about the stuff that my brain does of its own accord mm. unless and until we do something stupid like act on it, mm, nice. which is never going to happen, to be honest. But, hey, you know. Okay. I just – visiting Dreamland again, and uh, it's just <laughs> – again, it's – I know that we always dream. We don't always remember our dreams. Mm-hmm. And uh, I know there's all sorts of schools of thought on on dream interpretation, and you can go down a crazy rabbit hole on the internet about that. There's a but, lot of that. But um, I've just been dreaming a little bit more lately, and uh, if sometimes you, it's if good you dream, to dream that your teeth are falling out. Yeah, that's a you, that's a you're real worried thing. about money. Uh, that's a real thing. Yeah. I, that's happened a lot for me, where I'm just sitting there, and all of a sudden, just teeth start falling out of my mouth, and I'm like, whoa, ah! what if? <laughs> So what what do you dream if you're just afraid of your teeth falling out? Oh, that's where you dream about having sex. Is it and just, it's pronounced you just, octubra. You're just afraid of 
or you, you you just find money in your wallet. You're like, oh no, I'm oh no, my, my teeth. Oh my gosh. No. <laughs> well, you know, brains don't work that way. It's like cross wiring. So you think about, you dream about your teeth falling out. It means you're you're uh, anxious about money. If you dream that you're anxious about money, what it means is that you're allergic to cilantro. I believe it is. Mm, Couldn't. Okay. And you're having a reaction. Is the is the teeth falling out money thing? For, for real thing, yeah, or yeah, just so. like one guy had the, this uh, dream, dream one time, and then yeah, he like put yeah, it up listen, on the yeah, internet. Listen, Rodrigo, because dream interpretation is really kind of crazy. Yeah, yeah, dream interpretation is not an, a hard science. Um, nobody really knows why we dream the way we dream. Scientifically speaking, there are ties and there are patterns, and pseudo scientifically speaking, there's even more. Uh, but yeah, nobody knows. So dream interpretation saying, you know, you're dreaming about your teeth falling out is you being um, anxious about money. It's likely that it's an anxiety that a lot of people have and that a lot of people who have that dream have. Right. And Especially therefore, they're like, well, chances are it's this. Yeah. Right. And there, I mean, there's different schools of it, too. I mean, if you look at it from a Freudian perspective, it's probably always going to be some sort of fear of castration or sexual repression when it comes to teeth. Sharp edges, that's what happens. But, you know, it again, when it comes to the mind, there are no actual answers. It's just something where a lot of times this is what people have told us and this is what we've seen. If you go and actually dig into dream interpretation and you, you get really hooked on it, you will be lost for weeks. I yeah, spent that's literally I Don't weeks. go down that rabbit, rabbit mm-hmm. hole. Jung and, yeah. Jung, and, Jung and Freud both have, uh, have yeah. big areas of study into what your dreams symbolize and what they mean and those mm-hmm. kinds of things. I, so you can go I into that. Or you can just go to a search for unique. dream interpretation symbols, and you'll find 15 different w- websites that talk about rabbits and goldfish. Uh, so there you go. I um, like goldfish. They're the snack that smiles back. Yes, but it's not pronounced goldfish. It's pronounced Akira. <laughs> and on Lord. that note, let's get on out of here this week. <laughs> let's get out of here this week. Thank you, everybody, for downloading. Thank you for sharing. Thank you for putting up for our random craziness this week. We'll do it again real soon because we know that a lot of you miss some of those conversations of us yep. just sitting around talking. So there you go. Uh, next week, we're going to be back probably with iZombie, I guess, as a trade paperback. Why? Because we know that you love comics. We do, too. We will talk with you soon. Or as they say in Chile, Akira. <laughs> Fat Dick's revision of Superman. I could save a few bucks and stand around and read through the covers of the comics on the stand. But although every other page would be backwards, I suppose, I could still read the evens and the odds. Well, I don't know. Guess I haven't thought this all the way through. Plus, as soon as the comic books so guy knew, he kicked my butt out on the corner. What a major spoiler, what a major spoiler. Oh, wait, think about a better way, if I was hulking green or gray, I could just bust through that brick wall, take their comic books away. But then the little meat would deal with all the tanks and bombs and guns. Have you ever tried to read a series with all that going on? Guess I need to rethink this plan. How would I back and board my comics with such huge hands? Guess I already told ya. What a major spoiler, what a major spoiler, yeah, 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 what a major spoiler, what a major spoiler. 
raving rich like a man of iron. Might not be surprised to find that I might actually have the heart cold to follow an entire storyline. Would I really even need to read up on all those escapades? I mean, who needs such distractions when your sister's such a babe? But the downside is such a beast. Being shot up in a fine be in the Middle East with a King Santo and soldier. What a major spoiler! What a major spoiler! Yeah, yeah, yeah! What a major spoiler! Wow, 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 wow! What a major spoiler! This podcast is copyright 2015 by Major Spoilers Entertainment LLC. Only four percent of universities in the U.S. are R1 research institutions, and Temple University is one of them. This means 100% of students have the opportunity to participate in hands-on learning and research with world-class faculty. With over 600 academic programs across 17 schools and colleges, Philadelphia's largest public university provides students with a rich variety of opportunities and propels graduates to succeed in their careers. Temple University. Schedule a campus tour today at admissions.temple.edu. visit